This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning and welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. A uh, couple quick announcements and we'll jump into today's topic. So pretty much at a last call, so our dancing man, uh, Crotch Rocket, uh, is doing his Dance with the Stars this weekend, kind of a final call, final push. You know, if you got 20 bucks and you need a good laugh, please, um, you know, please support Crotch Rocket. It's going to the foundation. Uh, and the foundation does good work. And so we just uh, we ask if um, you need a good laugh, let's get Crotch Rocket just a, a good push this last week from the guys across the nation. Next thing on my list, uh, I know some of you have listened to, well, it was a really, uh, it was a really listened to podcast or roundtable that uh, Hammy was on, and he was talking about kind of filling the gap. That event is getting really close. I'll try and get him back on the podcast, but if you're around Birmingham, start reaching out to Hammy, and those guys are going to start promoting the event uh, that he talked about. And I'm, my request is if you're across the south, this might be a fun event for you guys to uh, maybe a shield lock, jump in the you know, clown car, and, uh, and go to Birmingham and hang out with those guys uh, for a day. It's going, to be a, it's going to be a fun event. And so um, when I say fun event, it's also going to be a serious event as you work through stuff. So more to come on that one. I'll make sure you get something. And then the last thing on my, uh, my list uh, this week is the really, really high-quality Grow Ruck schedule that we've all been talking about. If you don't have a couple dates picked out of events you want to do, go back through that, get with your shield lock, um, and, and try and get involved. Really good schedule this year. What we don't want to have is that we've given you too many options and guys aren't signing up because it's – We've made it too convenient for you. What we really want to do is have, if if you got an event uh, close to you or you and your uh, clown car decide to go to something, get get involved, get signed up, and get after it. And so, all the announcements for this week. We're going to jump into today's topic. Uh, we know, and I know, uh, these podcasts. Sometimes you're listening to them. We got kids in the car. This is a this is a podcast. We're going to go ahead and say disclaimer. We are going to ask you that this is not a great one for you and the kids to have a conversation about. So just skip over this one and uh, jump to the next podcast. Come back to this one you're, when you're by yourself. And so um, it's a, this is an adult conversation we're going to have. Um, 
And so we'll just leave it at that. If this is a, you know, you've got the kids in the car, skip over this one. So I gave you enough time there. Start with the easy stuff first. Gobbler, who eats to how long you've been doing F3? Hey, C-SPAN. Uh, I have been doing F3 almost five years. Uh, F3 Pittsburgh is coming up on their five-year anniversary. Uh, I'm a Redwood of Pittsburgh. Um, I actually, when I came back from a deployment in Qatar, uh, my wife at the time, now ex-wife, which will be pertinent later, uh, she encouraged me to, to do this workout that was starting up at the church of a bunch of guys. I was a little skeptical about it, but I went. And um, I met FIAB the first week, and despite that, I kept coming. And uh, I was there uh, on the, the first day that we established F3 Pittsburgh. And then I know you got to do – so you're um, – I'm figuring you're still in Tacoma. Let's get all those shout-outs. So where are you working out now? So, yeah, I am in Tacoma. A um, couple shout-outs, you know, obviously the guys here in uh, uh, the AO Defiance, you know, Garfield, Lunger, 5150, those are the guys I work out with all the time. Uh, a couple shout-outs to Puget Sound. I was up there at their block party their, um, that where softball handed out the blocks for the iron packs. But really want to give a special shout-out to the guys on the SLT. Um, that's, I spent a lot of time talking to them. We just had our leadership retreat uh, earlier, about a month, four weeks ago, and, um, you know, Dark Helmet, GMO, um, Hello Kitty, Bing, Bono, and CSD. I don't think I forgot anyone. Um, the seven of us, I, I, I really spent a lot of time talking to them, and they're, and they're awesome. And um, our, uh, our group chat is one for the, uh, the record books. Love it. Love it. And, uh, and you called out a bunch of high-impact men. And we're going to go ahead and say, if you haven't uh, scrolled through social media to find the, uh, the block party, in the Pacific Northwest, those are some extremely strong blocks. Man, that is a that's solid work. I don't know who gets. Get, do you, can we shout out the artists because those are outstanding. That is softball. Um, softball, softball did 115 over those over the past two years. That is amazing work. So shout out to him. Okay, let's just jump into today's topic. The topic today is divorce, and so we're. We're both going to uh, – I'll let him give his full disclaimer. But we're going to go ahead and tell you, this is, a, this is a topic when – in the beginning of the year when I started saying we're going to reach out and we're going to cover topics on the roundtable that maybe the other podcasts aren't as comfortable dealing with. And we want to go to the groups of guys who maybe are underserviced in F3 or un, – underserviced might not be the right word, but it's almost like we don't have as many mechanisms to serve and represent these guys. And so if you've, you know, I've been doing F3 a long time, you go to NACOT anywhere in the country, there's a bunch of guys dealing with this topic, and the topic is divorce. And so I'm going to let you do your disclaimer now, and then we'll just jump right into it. Hey, thanks, C-SPAN. Yeah, so, yes, quick disclaimer. Um, obviously, uh, I am divorced. Um, been divorced now officially since January of 2019, I think it is, uh, so about three years. But I am not an expert on divorce at all. Um, when I reached out to you and said, hey, C-SPAN, I think you should do this topic, it was not my intention that I come on the show, that you get someone more of an expert, but here I am. So um, I'm not an expert on divorce overall, um, but I do know my divorce and how it went. Um, I'm also not a mental health professional, and I say that because when you're, there's a lot of mental health aspects that intersect with divorce that – you know, I'm not an expert on it. I, I know that I'm going to recommend that people get mental health uh, expertise regardless. 
Um, but I'm not an expert on that. So if you if you you want to call me, that's great. I just I'm not the professional therapist, and and I won't charge you for it either. Um, we're not going to talk about how to get divorced. We're not going to talk about the steps you're supposed to go through. That again is very unique to the situation, and honestly, I just you know not not what we're going to get into. Uh, bottom line is I'm I'm a PAX just like everyone else. I'm going to be sharing my thoughts and experiences on what I consider a very difficult subject, but one here in F3, I think we need to start talking about uh, a little bit more. And we just, and as I said, this our goal today is is much to start the conversation. We're definitely not going to finish it. See, Spam. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in there. So as you're listening today, and you're gonna say, why are these guys talking about divorce? We're supposed to be invigorating male community leadership, uh, and we're gonna say. Uh, we both agree. Like that's that's exactly why F3 is, you know, we plant, grow, and serve, right? Um, but if, and I know you're probably going to share some numbers with us. But if we go through the numbers, this is this is a topic that it's as men, and as we continue to grow, we're going to be dealing with this because the one thing about F3 is we're really just a slice of society. And when you see what the numbers are for the world, um, you know. And, and, it, it's just real, you know. It's this is this is a topic that most guys are dealing with, and if they're not dealing with, they're dealing with a friend or somebody in their shield lock that is dealing with it. So I'm I'm going to get out of the way. Let's. Why don't you? Can you? You got any numbers you want to share? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll start with personal numbers. Um, my uh, divorce is kind of part, and you know, you look at my family. My dad's not divorced. My my mom and my dad have been married for, for almost uh, somewhere around 47 years now, and uh, um, maybe they'll make it to 50 if my dad's health holds out, but. That, but divorce, when I look at my dad's side, um, he's one of four, and he's the only one that didn't get divorced. Um, you know, so and, and my grandfather actually got divorced, and I am my dad is from his second marriage. So divorce is kind of in my family a little bit, I would say a lot. Uh, probably should have been more aware of that when I started to get into to, – when I considered marriage and that. We can talk about that later. But, you know, in 2019, there were – just over two million marriages. All right, that that means that is, you know, four million plus people entered marriage. Right, you know, to buy back to you go. Uh, now, in the same year, just almost seven hundred and forty-seven thousand divorces and annulments happened. Okay, it's very difficult to get a, a, a divorce statistic. So these are just raw numbers. You had just over two million marriages happened in two thousand nineteen, and around just almost seven hundred fifty thousand marriages ended. That means you have about 750,000 men affected by divorce. Now, how does that compare to other things? Well, uh, there were just under 46,000 suicides in 2020. And we know that suicide is something very, very important. Uh, Also, suicide and divorce can be linked for men. So that's important. But you have, um, by an order of magnitude, over 10 times, 15 times more divorces than you have suicides. And And we're coming here in mental battle month in March. And so this is kind of something to understand. If we're going to put that much emphasis towards suicides, which we should, maybe we should also take a look and say, okay, how about something else you know, that is actually more prevalent? Uh, just for a comparison, 137,000 pedestrians were hit by cars and 467 bicyclists were injured. That means there are more men going through divorce than are getting hit by a car uh, if you're walking or on a bicycle. You, you know, these are just – it's happening. And it's happening to a lot of people um, over, throughout the United States. Many men will come to F3 because of the, a divorce. 
um, if you think back and you think at the number of men that have come to F3 and you actually find out why they're there, you're going to find out that, that the divorce was a factor. Um, about a, three or four weeks ago, we had a guy show up in Tacoma, and he's been doing F3 for two years. He was from North Carolina, Churum, Shark Tank was his name. And we said, hey, why did you start F3? And he goes, well, my wife divorced me. And he needed to do something, right? And, and it makes sense if you think about it. When, when a man goes through a divorce, you have this time on your hands. You lose a lot of your friends. So what better time is it to go hang out with a group of friends in the morning, right, and get in shape? It makes sense. And so we have to understand that when men show up, a lot, uh, there is almost a certainty that some of our FNGs are going to be going through divorce because that is an excellent time. They're, they're open to F3 at that time. Also, many of our men, uh, our PACs, have or will experience divorce. The numbers are just there. You talk to people that have been around F3 for longer than I have, and they're going to tell you it's there. Um, some of our leaders have, have uh, experienced divorce in F3. You know, it's, it is uh, ubiquitous through our culture, and you are going to come across men who have gone through it. And as leaders, what we want is we want you to be um, prepared and know how to handle it. Because what I see a lot of times is that men who have never gone through a divorce feel very ill-equipped, and they don't know how to serve a man going through a divorce. They don't know how to relate to them. And or like also some of our wives, sometimes wives are threatened by a friend of yours that is going through a divorce, right? And so what we want to do is give you the tools to start this conversation so that you can, you know, serve this man, but also you can tell your M, hey, just because I'm talking to a guy going through a divorce doesn't mean our marriage is weak and that we're going to go through a divorce. C-SPAN, you got anything to add there? Yeah, I'm going to let you take a, bra- uh, take a breath there. But, yeah, I, I think – um, when we talk about underserved in F3, this is a whole group that I'm, I'm going to say guys show up because they need the brotherhood, and, and we're catching them, I think, at their weakest point, right? And they, they're coming to F3 because things aren't going great in their lives. So I'm, I'm really excited just to, you know, first of all, to address the, to- address the topic, especially as we're going into mental uh, battle months where we know this is – when you run these numbers together – the divorce and the mental health thing, all you guys need to be paying attention. If you're a listener right now, you should be paying attention to what we're going to go through uh, kind of like the next portion of this podcast because reality is, um, I mean, the numbers are the numbers. You know, I know we got a bunch of data guys in here, and they're going to tell me that it isn't the, you, there are guys who have mental health problems that aren't going through a divorce, but, um, you know, it, it's, I'm just going to say the numbers don't lie. So I'm going, to, I'm going to hand it back to you and just say, why don't you take us through here? Because I think when, as somebody who's went through divorce uh, recently, you can kind of help frame the, the next portion of our discussion. So I'll give it back to you. Yes, you see, and that whole mental, mental battle, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, when my relationship with my ex-wife ended, um, I wasn't necessarily blindsided. I wasn't necessarily like, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I I'm happy. I'm, I'm much more happier now than I, without her than I was with her, and, and that's partly because I found a, a wonderful new M. Um, but it doesn't. I don't care how bad your relationship was. There is a mental health aspect um, that we're gonna get, that we'll talk more about that you have to deal with. It is there. It is. Um, you're taking two people and you're pulling them apart, 
and and we'll get more into that a little bit later. But I'll, as I say, if there if you think that there is no going to be there's no mental health issues surrounding abortion, you, you either haven't been through one, or you have never seen, or you're just you know you're just sticking your head in the sand. It's there. But to frame the discussion, I want to I want to we're going to pull this apart a little bit because if you've never gone through a divorce. And, and that's kind of the guys I'm talking to, those guys that have never gone to divorce, they want to be able to serve men who have gone through a divorce. I kind of want to pull this apart a little bit and look at it so that we understand what's going on. There's, there's actually two separate issues going on here. You have the failed relationship, which is what we'll call the breaking of the marriage covenant. So we all know that by QSource we look at our relationship with our end as a covenant, not as a contract. All right. So the relationship itself is a covenant. That is breaking. But the divorce itself is the breaking of a legal contract. And we sometimes we, we merge the two and we think that these two things are the same. And they're happening at the same time, and they're inter- intermingled. Uh, effect one affects the other, but they're actually two separate things. Uh, and she's saying, you, you know this because you've been in the military. You know guys in the military who they no longer see their wife. They haven't seen her for years. There's no marriage there to speak of. But they're still legally married to her, and, and they don't see it. haven't seen her for 10 years, and they act like single guys. But, but because of the, of the benefits that the military provides, these guys are still married to these women. And this is a true fact, is that the relationship can exist without a, a legal contract, and the legal contract can exist without the relationship. That's not the way it should be, but that can happen, and, the, and that's why I, I bring that up to help us understand that these are two separate issues. And what we're really dealing with today is, is really the failed relationship. We want to talk about the failed relationship. The divorce, the legal aspect of the divorce, that, that is actually very similar to any contract law that you'll ever see. You, you have two people. They entered in the contract. They're leaving that contract, and the state's coming in and has very um, – I found this out very quickly is that – the legalities surrounding divorce, are, there's not much complication. What complicates it is the failed relationship and the emotions that it comes to that. Um, if you apply regular business-type rules, it becomes very simple. And so um, I want people to understand that because as we go through, these two things are going to interact. But really what we want to deal with, what we have say over, what we can help the man through is the failed relationship. The breaking of the legal contract is – it is what it is. Uh, I mean I had, a, I had a pastor as I was going through my divorce. He told me, he goes, well, you only have to get divorced if you want to get remarried. And his, his point was you know, the, the actual act of breaking the legal contract is separate from my relationship. I can, I can go do whatever I want and not actually get a divorce, but the emotions are still there. That you have to go through. So, you any questions on that before I move on to the other two points? Yeah, I, I think uh, for the listeners, I, I, I just appreciate you separating it into two things because the covenant and the contract, we live in a, I mean, we're Americans, so we're, we're just going to say, well, we think most guys listen to this are Americans. And, and it, it is two buckets, right? It, the, the contract is, covenant is before God, contracts before the people. And I think. Sometimes we get those two confused, um, and so I, I, I appreciate just how you how you kind of laid it out there because I think this is the other thing is we start trying to understand better of what a guy's going through. We need to understand both 
both aspects and how we can help them. So I'll hand it back to you. Yeah, and, and you know, for much of human history, um, people got married. They didn't get married for love. They got married for survival. They got married for, you know, business reasons. They got married for a lot of different reasons. But love was not actually a reason that most people got married. Um, now, I'm not saying that people didn't throughout history, but a lot of times a lot of driving forces were, were other factors. It wasn't love. And you can look through all kinds of literature. You can – you know, look at period-type movies, and you can see that vein through there, uh, people being forced into marriages for uh, reasons other than relationships, right? So as Americans, we're, we're very fortunate that we're allowed to enter into relationships because we love the person. Well, that, that's good, but it also has um, this other complication is that when you get divorced, it, you know, it's a really a, a breaking of the two. And the state is only concerned with the legal contract, which is this idea that the man has, you know, responsibilities to the family that he has to fulfill. And depending on what states you live, it's going to look differently. You know, people that live in Texas, this is the other thing is that it's, it's by state. And, you know, this is, you know, that's why we're not going to go into it too much. Just understand it's very, very different. And um, you, you, as men, we have to help each other through these things. And so, we have, most of us have come to this through our Judeo-Christian values, and I'm going to call this the idealist model, which is that you, once you get married, you never divorce. And a lot of people start with that, and that's not necessarily a bad starting part, part or uh, place, but understand where that takes us, and that is divorce is a sin. Okay, got it. We, no problem there. But then because of that, a lot of people move to this question of, well, who is to blame? Okay? And that's what people on the outside want to do. What they want to do is figure out who is to blame. And I had friends do that to me. They, they want to focus on who is to blame. And because of that, you focus on the wrongdoing. And what I would encourage guys is that this, while this makes sense within a certain you know, Judeo-Christian, if you go to church and, you know, well, you're never supposed to get divorced, therefore divorce is a sin, so who's wrong? It doesn't actually help anybody. It's, from a pragmatic sense, it, it doesn't do anything. Because in most divorces, I'm not going to say all divorces, but most divorces, both people are to blame. Both people made mistakes. And you may only see the mistakes that happened at the very last year. You didn't see the mistakes that happened over five years or three years. You didn't see everything. Like a failed relationship is a culmination of everything that led up to it. You know, for me, I'll be honest, I, I probably never should have married my first wife. Never should have done it. Someone should have stopped me. And, you know, we, we lasted 12 years. And over those 12 years, there were, there were a lot of wrongs on both sides, me and her. And, but, you know, people who came to it who wanted to – to look at that, they focused – I had a lot of people who focused on my problems, and they didn't want to hear anything about my wife's problems, which is what I want to talk about right? when I'm going through the divorce. And I came to realize that, you know what? It doesn't matter. We both made mistakes, um, and, and we're both covered by the grace of God, and we're both moving on. And so what I want to promote, propose is something based upon the five core, you know, our five core principles in F3 – and it starts with the understanding that failed relationships and divorce happen. They will happen. Why will they happen? Because, because people make mistakes and things happen. You, some people should never have gotten married, and those relationships are probably 
very, very difficult to make happen, and, and most of those are going ha- to fail. Other relationships, people, things happen. You know, kids, you know, um, tragedy comes to those families, and those relationships cannot hold up. The bottom line is it doesn't matter how they happen, they happen. And so when you start with this acceptance that relationships are going to end, some relationships are going to end, it does a couple things. One, it, it, it leads us to value relationships that don't end, that make it all the way. Okay? And it leads us to the understanding that um, people who make it 40 and 50 years are people that we should hold up and learn from. Um, but it also kind of puts us, it moves us away from the blame game. Right? We no longer look to assign blame and we now focus on helping people through this. And really what it does is it brings us back to focusing on helping and making that man healthy or in F3 parlance, picking up the six, right? We're now focused, we now look at this man not as someone who we need to treat as a pariah, which is what happens in many churches, uh, just to be honest, um, and people don't want to, to have anything to do with him. But now we look at him as someone who needs, who is the six, who needs to be picked up, who needs to be carried from time to time, who needs to be taught how to walk again, and then who can eventually turn around and help someone else. So that's kind of the whole frame, what I want people's viewpoints to kind of think about. C-SPAN? Yeah, I got a lot. I've been, I've been scratching notes. And Dredd will make fun of me that I'm sitting here taking notes on, on this topic, but it's um, – Part of the reason I'm taking notes, first thing I, I appreciate, right? Um, the blame game is terrible. And, in, you know, we got, no matter how a marriage starts, it starts with two people. And um, I'm just going to say uh, I'm a believer, so I'm going I'm, I'm to start with my piece, which is you basically take two broken people, put them in a marriage, and think it's going to make a perfect, um, you know, uh, I, I'd still say as long as there's people involved, it's going to get screwed up. And uh, so trying to, trying to think that every, you know, everybody that's going to get together is going to work out, um, I'll, I'll say you should try and default to something else because that just doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? It makes my head hurt when, um, you know, I, I like that when you, you say after 12 years, I realized I should have never married her and I wish somebody would have stopped me. That's why one of the other things we'll talk about divorce is, you know, do you really doing really good pre-marriage counseling and um, making a difference? The other thing, I, I, I just, I, I feel like I have to get this one out. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good way to say it. We should never play the blame game with our with our wives. And when if somebody is, you know, when I hear guys complaining about their wives all the time, that is such an unhealthy thing to do. If you don't, uh, now I'm going to sound like my my mom here. If you don't got anything nice to say, keep it to yourself. Because if you just keep making a list of all the defects with somebody. All you're going to see is those defects, and it's it's hard to be in a relationship, anyways, especially if you're making a list of how crappy somebody is all the time to every one of your friends in every in every situation. So you're saying you're, I'm gonna, you're working sorry. towards one of my pet peeves I'm, there. No. I know I'm sorry, and I, I'm I'm jumping around. I'm I'm on topics, but it, no. it's one of those ones where I, I felt like I had to get it out right then. Sorry, take it from here. No, I. I'll take 30 seconds, and I'm going to run on that because that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, is I, uh, I hate it when guys say, oh, I can't get a hall pass from my wife. Uh, and the reason I hate it is because I don't, I don't think it's healthy, and, and, this, and this is not how my marriage works, my new marriage works. Uh, I don't think it's healthy to go to your wife and ask for permission because permission says that you have given your agency over to her and you let her decide what you do. 
what I prefer, or what I think is healthy, is you you look at your life and you go, you know what, boys, I can't join you today because I have other things that are more important. And that, and, and I understand that when most guys say, oh, I can't get a whole pass, that's probably what they're saying. But language matters. Right. And yeah. don't blame your <laughs> words, wife. Words, ever. words matter. They matter. Yeah. And I'm and just like you, never blame your wife for you doing yeah. what's right. It, that is just yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I said it's a pet peeve, and I can get worked up. And that's I warned you about that at the yeah. beginning. Sorry. So <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Sorry. Let's let's get to the part where but, um, let's get to the part where you know. So we got guys, basically we, we get to the point where it's going on. How do we help them? What do we do? How, I think we got to talk about everything else. So let's, let's, keep, let's keep going. Yeah. So, so we're, like I said, we're focusing on the failed relationships. The divorce itself, the legal aspect, go hire yourself a lawyer, okay? If that's, you want information on that, go hire yourself a lawyer. I'm more than willing to talk about mine, but mine is very specific to the state. So if you're getting divorced in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I've got great information for you. I got a lawyer for you. But most of you aren't. Most of you don't live in Pittsburgh, right? Uh, and so I can't help you on that. But what we want to talk about is the failed relationship because that is ubiquitous. That is the same throughout anywhere. Um, and divorce without injury means that the relationship died years ago, okay? A, a failed relationship is an, in, it is an injury, and we should look at it as an injury. No different than if a guy hurts his back, twists an ankle, and he can't post, Right? I hope that if you have a guy that has a bodily injury, you just don't walk away from him and never check on him. Because if you're doing that, we've got other problems, okay? If you have a guy that gets injured, you should be checking in on him. You should be talking to him, going by his house, getting him back out in the gloom, creating an AO where guys can rehab, right? It's the same thing with, a, with an emotional injury, okay? It is – the man is injured. Start with that idea. He is hurting, okay? The, their entire daily routine has been upended, okay? You think about your routine and how much of it revolves around your wife. And now rip her out of that. Rip her out. Rip the kids out. I guarantee you, if you took you, – you, most of you think you work all the time, but think about what your life would be on a daily basis if your wife wasn't there and if your kids weren't in there. And it happens overnight, Okay. Most men, when a divorce starts to happen, when a failed relationship happens, it's not like they gradually leave the house. It's one day they're there, one day they're not. That's what happened to me. One day I'm there, and the next day, you know, I'm not. And now you have to figure out what to do with your time. You're out of your house. A lot of times it's your house. A lot of times you're still paying the bills on the house, okay? And you're not there anymore. That that's, uh, attacks and it sinks to an to a aspect of who we are as men that is very, very deep, right? It's your castle, and now you're not in it, all right? In addition, think about how many friendships you have that are tied to your wife, okay? And, and, and Dredd has talked about this. You know, when he did Free to Lead, he talked about, you know, most men's friendships are because of their wives or because of their kids. Anybody, and, and this is true even if you have F3 brothers, you know, if that couple – knows your, you and your wife, they are going to have to make a choice. And it's going to stress their marriage. And most people, and this is why what happens, most couples, when you have a couple's relationship and one of them gets divorced, the other couple takes a step back. And so you, you lose that friendship. All right? I'm not talking about whether or not that man should step back. That's a different story. I'm just talking about the man that's been injured, and the fact is he loses friendships. 
anything that is tied to his wife, he probably is going to lose that. And that happened to me. Flat out happened to me. You know, I started going, the relationship started going south. I cannot explain to you or express the uncomfortability or whatever you want to call it when, you know, you show up at some place with, with a group of women who know your wife and those men, those husbands of those wives, they don't want anything to do with you. Um, I, and I've lost friendships because of that. And that's, just, and when a, that's going to happen to guys. You know, the, but the friendships I didn't lose were the friendships that weren't tied to my wife, my wife, my F3. Um, the guys I, go lift with, I was lifting with in the morning at Pittsburgh, right? Those friendships, they, were, they got stronger. And I was lucky to have those. But if I didn't have those, I would have lost all my friends. And also, men, at that point, men aren't going to see their kids like they used to. You think about it. Think about how much your kids mean to you. And depending on what state you are in and depending on what's going on, you might go from seeing your kids every day to seeing them every other weekend. So out of 14 days, you're going to go from seeing them 14 to 2. It, it is a tremendous emotional toll on a man. On a man. You want to talk to a guy who, a guy who has had to go through a divorce who went from not seeing his kids or from seeing his kids all the time to not seeing his kids, he's very appreciative of his kids now. He, he probably wishes he had spent more time with them when you know, before the divorce. But that's what happens a lot. Most men are not going to see their, their kids like they used to unless, unless the, for some reason their, you know, their wife really went off the deep end. But that's very, very rare. I, I don't see that. Most of the time the, the man is going to um, have a minority time-wise with the, with the kids, and that takes an emotional toll and creates an injury. C-SPAN, you got anything to say before I say the, yeah. the last part of, how, of kind of some recommendations? Yeah, yeah and I, I think that's where we're at is – I, I really appreciate, you know, I, I appreciate you being the kind of guy that's willing to stand up and say, Here, here's how to look at a problem, understand that the guy is basically injured now. And then I think we need to transition and say, if you're a PAX and you're listening to this and you've got a friend going through it, I, I like the idea of uh, saying, okay, you're dealing with a guy with an injury. And then so help us now understand what, how we, what we can do to help because I think that's where we're at with the, with the podcast is what can we do to help? We want to, we're a bunch of guys that are trying to make a difference. How do we help? Yeah, you know, the first thing is just listen. Um, for the first time in a lot of these guys' lives, they're going to start emoting and dealing with their emotions. And, you know, most men, first of all, if they actually were skilled at handling their emotions, they probably weren't getting divorced to a certain degree. <laughs> so you're dealing with guys that have not had to deal with this level of emotion and conflict, and they, they don't, they're not ready for it. So you need to listen to them, but to a point, because, again, the point here is to make the guy healthy, right? And so just like if you had a guy dealing with an injury, you need to listen to him, complain about his injury a little bit, but you're also going to be like, okay, well, what can we do to make you healthy, right? To a point, listen to him, but then also help him move towards healthiness. Uh, there's some things that he just needs help with, like lend a hand. Uh, one of the things that, you know, when Shark Tank came and, and talked to, uh, to us here at Tacoma, he was visiting, he said one of the greatest things that the F3 brothers and Germ did was help him move. There's going to come a point where if a guy's leaving, if they're getting a divorce, there's going to have to be some furniture moved, uh, bottom line. So if you've got a truck, you've got a strong back, go help him move. 
he might need a place to crash. Um, I'm forever grateful to um, FIAB and FIAB's son, Fracker, because they let me, uh, I was able to crash at Fracker's place for about six months. And that was a lifesaver. Um, you know, I was able to find a place to live and just I didn't have to worry about that. And that is valuable. You know, a guy goes and lives in his house, and now he's got to find a place to live. He probably hasn't looked for a place to live. <laughs> like, you know, he just doesn't uh, – he's got to find a place to live where his kids can come visit. You know, these are all – it's very, very difficult, right? So lend him a hand, help him move, find a place to live, some very physical things, you know, kind of tangible. Uh, make them post. Do not let them stay – do not let them waller in self-pity. Get them out there. Make them post. Um, this is as much about the F1, the first step and the second F. If you keep them healthy, you keep them moving, you're going to help their mental health. Plus, you're going to help their fellowship. You're going to keep them interacting with guys, and that's going to help. And, you, and you're going to be able to stay um, up to speed on what's going on because things can happen. You know, these things can go on for from when I separated, well, from when things started to go downhill to when I was officially divorced, it was over a year. So this takes a while. And that leads me to my, my fourth point here is take a team approach. A man who is going through a failed relationship and a divorce is very needy, for lack of a better word, and he can wear you out. And you don't have time, you singular don't have time to help him 100%. You need a team of men to rotate through the listening and the helping. So like I said, listen to a point. You may only be able to give him 30 minutes a, day, a week. So make sure that, you know, get the guys together and rotate through. He's got all kinds of time on his hands now, right? Because remember, he was living the family life. Now he's living the single guy life for a time. So now he's got maybe 20 hours a week that he doesn't know what to do with. And so he's trying to figure out how to fill that. And he's going to call you and try to fill it by calling you or hanging out with you. But the problem is you still have to do things, and you don't have time. Um, and I saw this when my uncle was going through a divorce. He would call my dad and just burn the, the phone up. Uh, well, my dad didn't have all the time in the world you know, because he had things to do. And so this is where you need a team of men to come around him. Uh, and the last one, and this is a, a very important one, uh, and I don't, wanna, I don't want to – I want to make sure you all understand it, is you still need to protect yourself. Um, there's a principle in the Army I had a, a general tell me, secure yourself first, okay? And this is the basis of the first F. It's the basis of F, well, a very, it's the basis of F3. We just don't know it. But secure yourself first. He, he's going through pain. He's going through struggle. He's doing all this F. But at the end of the day, your marriage comes first. Um, and what you don't want to do is let his, his pain and suffering and whatever's going on because he might not be dealing with it in a very healthy manner, affect you and your wife. Do not allow his problems to become center in your marriage. And this is, gonna be, this is important for life in general. Is it, uh, and I have to deal with this, and my wife and I constantly have to remind ourselves that because I'm constantly dealing with my ex-wife, and it's not always in a good manner, and we remind ourselves that we will not allow her to become the center of our marriage. The center of our marriage is us. It's the same thing. When you're dealing with someone going through a divorce, you know, yes, you're going to have to take some time to help him. But at the end of the day, make sure you are taking a step back and making sure that his pain and suffering does not come central to your marriage. And this is very important when you and your wife know both sides. 
because if she knows his wife or ex, to be ex-wife, it's going to get messy and you're going to bring stuff back and you're going to want to talk about it and that's fine. But remind yourself, hey, you're here to help the man, but secure yourself first. Chief Spain, we could talk all day on this. That I kind of reached the end of the, the, yeah. the timeline, and I know we've kind of reached. Um, I have a couple things here. I'm going to run through them real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, let, let, me, let me just do another. Yeah, let me, let me do a quick one for you. That team mentality and securing yourself first. There's a reason when you're on an airplane and the oxygen mask drop, the first thing they do is tell you put it, yours on first before you go help somebody else. Dude, uh, those are both brilliant. So uh, I know you got a couple more things you want to cover for the guys. Let's yeah. get those out. Yep, I'm going to run them through them first. Um, bottom line is if you want more information on this, hit me up. Here, if you find yourself in a family relationship, okay, if you think that your relationship is heading south, here's, some, here's a couple things. One, stop and assess. Is it fixable? Does she want to stay? What can you do right now? You need to stop and make an honest assessment about the state of your relationship. This is very important, and to be honest, most of us don't have a clue about how our relationships with our wives are going. Um, if she doesn't want to stay, I'm going to tell you, you're fighting an uphill battle. And what can you do right now, okay? Uh, for yourself, if you're going into a failing relationship, get therapy. I'm not talking about marriage therapy. I'm talking about you get therapy. And your lawyer is not your therapist. A therapist is much cheaper than a lawyer. Go to your you know, lawyer for lawyer things, advice on the law. Go to therapy for therapist things. They're not cheap, but they're a lot cheaper than a lawyer. Uh, this is a real difficult one, number three. Do you need a lawyer? It's a, it is a mon monumental thing to walk into that lawyer's office. And what I'm going to tell you is you don't know what you don't know. If you're in a family relationship, you know, don't wait till it's too late. Um, I, what typically happens is if you wait till the last minute to hire someone for something, you get who's available. And typically that's not the best guy. I don't care if it's a plumber. I don't care if it's a real estate agent. I don't care if it's a lawyer. If you wait till the last minute to hire someone, you get who's available, and there's a reason they're available. The really good guys are booked. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, take the emotion out of divorce as much as you can. This is easier for guys, all right? Take the it's a business decision. Divorce is a contract decision. The relationship is an emotional decision. And the other, time, the other thing is strap in. It's going to take about a year. If you decide to go down that, down that road, it's a marathon. Um, it's not going to be over. And this is true, like I said, if you're trying to help a guy, understand that this is, if you're going to walk this road with him, it's going to take about a year. And so you need to set yourself up for that in that mindset. And it could take longer if it's a really complicated and messy one, right? So, but it will, my, it will take about a year. Um, what's next? What happens after this? The, the living with the ex-wife is another whole topic for another whole day. The bottom line is you actually are still in a relationship with her if you have kids. Um, and you don't get to walk away from her. The state doesn't allow that. And as a man who takes care of his kids, you shouldn't want to do it. So you understand that whatever happens through this piece of a relationship failing and getting divorced, at the end, and when it's said and done, you still have to deal, deal with her. The, uh, another piece of what's next, remarriage. And so I'm going to give you advice that I got from my Aunt Barbara, who was divorced. Gosh, she got divorced back in early 80s. I never knew a time when she wasn't divorced. And then she got remarried when she was 60. 
And she said, before you go out and bring someone else into your mess, you go figure out your part. And so I got on my bicycle and I rode from Pittsburgh to D.C. and back. I was on, on my bicycle for about two weeks, rode 500 miles, and I figured out my, my – I started the process of figuring out my, um, my piece. And, but that was very, very important because then when I got remarried, my M and I now understand what I, what I did wrong, and so we make sure I don't do it wrong again. Okay, You have to find your piece or else you're just going to do it again. And then you'll end up in a second divorce. Okay, so find your prop, find out what your own your part in the matter before you bring someone else into this into your messy life. And then I'm going to leave you with um, I'm going to leave you with the the final words I'm going to leave you with C-SPAN is something that I heard from Dread when I went down to Charlotte in 2018 when I was kind of towards the end of this process, and that is if you don't know what to do look next to you and serve the man next to you. And every man who goes through this or every man who goes through this with someone is going to end up at that time where they're not going to know what to do. Uh, I was there and just look left, look right, find someone and serve them. And through that process, you will find your way out. See, Spain, that's all I got for today. And I know we're over time. No, you did. You did great. And first, First of all, I know this is a tricky subject for you, and I, I, I'm just going to tell you on behalf of the nation, thank you for going through it for the guys because obviously um, I don't think we've ever done a divorce podcast before, and it's too big of a part of our group uh, because we, our group is a men's group, right, for us not to address the, you know, a couple things that I'm, I'm going to take from this. One, I love the injury anal uh, analogy because that really changes how you look at this thing. It's not that guys he doesn't have a defect. I mean, he's he's hurt, right? Um, next thing, I love the team mentality. Um, you know, I, I think that the team mentality to help guys get through this is brilliant because I've I've always felt like we've you normally see one guy step in and tries to fill the gap himself and ends up running himself to zero. And then I I have, I'm going to tell you I, I love Dred's advice. You know, you get to a point and you feel stuck, man, find somebody to serve and work your way through it. I mean, it's a complicated life. That's why for those of us who are believers, it's just easier to say, hey, sometimes i got to trust in something bigger than myself because I can't. I'm trying to get myself out of the mess of this world. It's just overwhelming sometimes. So, dude, I just appreciate your candor, man. That was awesome. So I think what we probably need to do is get your email address because we probably struck a nerve with the whole portion of, of our listeners, if you just want to toss out your email or your Twitter, whatever you want to, however you want them to contact you. Yeah, hey, so uh, if Twitter's your thing, I'm at Ninja Officer. Um, that's my Twitter handle. Uh, Slack, you can find me on Slack. Just you know, search Gobbler. I'm on the you know several channels, or you can direct message me on Slack. At, um, and then email if if you need something longer. And email is your thing. I have a couple email addresses um, at Ninja Officer at Gmail or. Uh, gobbler at f3nation.com. Either one of those will find their way to me. So um, that's probably the uh, the best way to get a hold of me. And you know, if you want to search me on Facebook, that that's great too. But dude, knuckle bumps from Dallas to you today. Thanks for being the kind of guy Thanks. that stands up and um, when nobody else will. So appreciate you, brother. Have a uh, 
Have a great weekend, and for the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being a guest on the roundtable. Thanks, Leslie Stan.